Well, today is such a special day because today I get to be with a really good friend and she wasn't always a really good friend. I met her and we clicked immediately. We live like not in the same state, not in the same city. So it's not like we get to hang out face to face, but Neely Kolsch Britt has joined me today. And I am so excited to have her on this podcast because she has achieved amazing things and she pushes me in so many different ways. So at first I thought, oh, wow, she's just like an absolute stud businesswoman. But then I realized she's just an absolute insanely amazing human on so many levels. So she pushes me and makes me a better person at like spiritually, mentally, emotionally in business in all these different ways. And I am so blessed to have her in my life. So she is going to, she's going to kind of come and tell me her whole story today and share it with you. And I'm so excited for you to meet her and get to know her. So Neely, welcome to the Rachel Roth show. Well, Rachel, thank you for having me. And I think your spiritual gift is introducing people. You think so? I mean, people probably just come to this podcast to get introduced because <laughs> you're so kind. I love no, it. No, Thank every you. word I say so is true. And, yeah, you know, it's, yes. Our you do friend, the same for me. So thanks. Yeah, well, you are so kind. But our, our friend, Catherine Scott, introduced us uh, over email. And she's like, hey, I really think you guys would click. And I was like, oh, wow, this this chick sounds incredible because Neely wrote this. I mean, uh, Catherine wrote this long like introduction over email about Neely. And she's like, Neely's a homeschool mom. And she's, you know, this incredible businesswoman. And she writes like all these things about Neely. And I did not know. I was so intimidated. I was like, oh my gosh. And so, but once I got to know Neely as as a human being, I, I just have been immeasurably improved in my life because of you and because of all the things that you have brought me in my life so far. But this is not about me. This is about you because I want to hear your story. I want to share your story with the world. I've heard your story. I want to share your story with people because I just think it's so incredible. So Neely, just to give you a little bit of background, Neely started a, a company called Well-Kept wipes. And she, she started, and I'm going to let you kind of hear from her how she started it, how she has been successful. She's gotten some really amazing recognitions, some really incredible honors and named, you know, the must have and by really famous people. Anyway, she's going to tell you so many exciting things. So Neely, I'm going to stop talking and I'm going to let you start talking. Can you tell us a little bit about just tell me about you and then tell me about how you started this this business where did this idea come from and all all those things sure so my name is neely obviously and i am the founder of well kept i'm also a mom i'm a wife i'm a janitor you know i do all the things right are you a like short order cook yes cuz i'm also a short order cook Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yep. For mm -hmm. sure. Front yep. of the house, back of the house. Right. I do all the things. That's right. Yep. So, but uh, my background is in disaster recovery. So for over 25 years, I have been um, in this world called disaster restoration. So whenever there's a major hurricane or tornado, um, I would arrange contracts with commercial properties and then go to ground zero after a loss would occur. 
So I've been to most historical events, um, Hurricane Katrina. I mean, you name it, I've probably been there. So what that job has required is being on call 24-7 on my phone, on my laptop. And what I started noticing is I was getting breakouts along the side of my face. And after some research, I learned it was from a dirty cell phone. And we call it FACNE at WellKept. It's phone acne, right? It's a real thing. <laughs> um, and I just started having this, uh, I started looking in the market for products that could clean my phone, clean my laptop. And I'm kind of a product junkie on the side. And everything in the market was just big and bulky and not convenient. And I had this idea to create these wipes that were stylish, that could clean your phone, clean your electronics, and something that you would be proud to bring out of your handbag. So it was very much for personal use. Um, and I started looking for manufacturers. And like any industry, there is a governing body that, that provides education and resources. So I thought, well, the restoration world has this. I'm sure the wipe world does. So I found the non-woven industry and I learned that there was a conference called the WOW Conference, the World of Wipes. Which blows and my mind. I, this blows my mind that this exists. Yes. yes. Go ahead. Yeah. And it's called WOW, which makes it even funnier, right? Yes. The WOW Conference. So, totally. Um, I, <laughs> so at the time I was uh, living in Atlanta and my family, actually, they go to North Carolina every summer. And I was visiting with them and, and I said, okay, parents, I'm here, but I've got to fly to Chicago for one day to go to the WOW Conference. And my parents are very much like, you know, be a dreamer, go do. So they, it, it was kind of normal for me to leave for one day of vacation to go to a conference. So um, go to WOW. And I was really, I mean, my, I was wowed. And there were companies on the stage there like Method and Clorox and all these big players were there. And then really there were these manufacturers. Players. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, I said really big players. Like that would be intimidating yeah. to me. But yeah, keep going. I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you. and just here. And I was like, Method, that's a cool brand. And anyway, so I just, I, it opened my eyes to the possibilities of being there. And um, I knew nothing about manufacturing. I knew nothing about retail. All I knew was about disasters. So I was really going into this very blindly um, and with a lot of just <laughs> running on adrenaline, I think, and just having this idea. So, I learned about the process and then I came home to Atlanta. Well, I went to the vacation, finished that out, played some tennis. And then I came home to Atlanta and I decided to um, set up a meeting with a friend. And my friend you've had on your show before, her name's Dana Spinola. She's a founder of Fabric, wonderful human. And I said, okay, Dana, I've got this idea. I just need to know, like, is this a good thing or should I squash it? And I wasn't asking her for anything. I just wanted her opinion because I trusted her as an advisor. And she told me, I love it. If you have it ready by Black Friday, I'll put it in all of my stores. So that was the moment, like that was the, the match strike. And I just knew that, that this was something that I could attempt. And, um, you know, I had the manufacturer, I had the customer, and then it was time to get going. Wow. No fun intended. Wow. Yeah, wow. Yes. It, wow. I mean, to was it scary when she said, if you have it ready or was it like now you have a deadline and now you're laser focused? 
Um, I needed, I needed to hear the deadline. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't remember the feeling of being scared. I really think like, I thought it was a good idea. And I just wanted that validation Mm -hmm. that it was something worth pursuing. Mm -hmm. So uh, fear really wasn't um, in my head. It was just maybe excitement. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and maybe because I had never done it before, it wasn't, I didn't think about all these major roadblocks. It was just like, okay, let's do it. Let's go. It's going to be in fabric. And my thought was, okay, I'm going to do a small run. If if I like it and my friends like it, that'll be enough to sustain it. And we'll make a little website and then it'll be, you know, we'll just have a little wife company. Yeah. It was very much a side hustle. And um, yeah. So. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you weren't, you you weren't expecting to be like on Good Morning America and stuff. We'll talk about that later, but um, I love that. I think I need a deadline too sometimes. To, not sometimes. I know I do all the time. If I'm going for something big, there has to be a deadline or I will absolutely continue to push it off and push it off. Not because I don't want to do it, but because I'm a perfectionist. And so I I need to like get all my ducks in a row and feel like it's perfect before I start. But if somebody gives me a deadline, then I know I don't have an option and I just have to like plow through, you know? And so it's really good for me. Okay. So Dana says to you, if you have it ready by Black Friday, I'll put it in all my stores. So where do you go from there? Like, had you at the WOW conference, had you made enough inroads to figure out how you manufacture these, how you distribute these, like they're beautiful packages. So how, where do you, what, what's the next step there? What do you do? So I, um, I had some design concepts in mind. I had a designer really, and we had some ideas and I reached out. I actually had a wipe consultant. I learned navigating the whole wipe world was, uh, (laughs) pretty intimidating. And I knew in my heart that I wanted to keep things domestic and manufacture in the US. So I was connected to this amazing woman, cranky old lady. Her name is Susan. And um, she told me I've helped a lot of entrepreneurs. They never do anything. And I called her. I was like, Susan, it's time. So <laughs> anyways, we, we, and we joke about that. But yeah. she, um, she helped me with this manufacturer. And the manufacturer, I emailed him and said, okay, I'm ready to place my order. And he said, send me a PO. I Google, what is a PO? Because mm-hmm. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. So I, of course, figured it out, sent him my first PO, you know, I was so proud of myself. And then I had um, tra- tractor trailers shipped to my uh, townhouse in Atlanta. And my roommate and I uh, took the pallets and stacked everything. And then um uh, Dana told me what the stores expected, the packing slips and all these things. So I Googled that and I figured it out. I mean, I found an accountant. I had a good foundation. Yeah. I got the uh, the company name trademarked and all that. You know, I did some things that were probably smart to do that people say you should do. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of it, I just figured it out. So we started shipping. So we shipped to fabric. And then I had a business plan of places that I wanted to be at the time. So I had some big retailers on there and the first one was J Crew. Mm. So I big decided, dog. of course, big of course dog. I want to be in J Crew. Yeah. I mean, we're in, we're in all the fabric stores. We might okay. as well be in J Crew. And I just want for anybody who's listening, like I want you to describe what this packaging looks like because when you hear uh screen wipes, uh, you know, I saw the industrial screen wipes that are that are like in a white 
construction paper packaging with foil on the inside and they're really ugly and unsightly and you stuff them in the side of your purse so that nobody sees them. What are your wipes? Why why do yours look different? Because they're my favorite. Tell us why they're different. And why would they fit in a boutique, Neely? Why would they fit in J. Crew? Well, I think so the design, I was very intentional about it. First of all, the 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 name well kept, um, I thought was a, it, it could cover a lot of bases, right? But it's a lifestyle, the word well-kept. We were almost sassy wipes, but thanks to my girlfriends at the time, they said that is a terrible idea. Do not do <laughs> sassy wipes. So we went back to the focus group and came up with well-kept. So um, I wanted gold foil on the tab. And I remember having this discussion with my white manufacturer and said, I was like, I have to have gold. Think Kate Spade, think Victoria's Secret. And he was just his mind was blown because they hadn't done any fashion wipes ever. No. So um, I w- it has a beautiful gold tab. It actually has a great closure. It reseals, mm-hmm. which that was one of my biggest complaints about wipes were these stickers that in your wipes would dry out and they don't seal correctly. Mm-hmm. So great closure. And then um, our original styles were just kind of one was more of a coastal vibe and the other one was more um, like a tribal pattern. But over time, we've evolved to florals and stripes and um, partnerships with nonprofits. And I mean, it's really kind of interior design, beauty product, meet wipes. So oh it's gosh. wipes, but make it cute. And so we've beautified the wipes. Yes. You know, Neely, I love all beauty like the beauty industry, like I love beautiful things, whether it is makeup, whether it is interior design. And so what I love about these wipes is that they legitimately look like you're buying a a designer fabric or a designer throw pillow for your home. And that is what the packaging looks like. Like it's so beautiful. I would put it on my couch and have people sit on it. Like if I could just, you know, (laughs) if only I had magical powers and I could just turn these things into pillows, but that's how beautiful they are. And I love that because then I feel so much, I always have a package of them in my purse and I, I I love pulling them out because it's a conversation starter and they're just so cute to look at. It's like, I'm never, I don't know. I'm just, I'm never like embarrassed that I need to pull out a gross wipe and I do have, there are other wipes that I have had in the past and I'm hiding, you know, what, whatever it is that I'm cleaning because yeah. they're not cute. And these are so cute. Okay. So get back to J. Crew because that's such a big yeah. name. So you decide J. Crew, you want to be in J. Crew. And what do you yeah, do? I just wanted to be in J. Crew. So I reached out to some friends in, in my network and I had some friends that were living in New York at the time and they got me some emails to some buyers and some names. So I uh, went back to my designer and I said, listen, we need to create a J. Crew catalog, but put well-kept in it. So we had this whole pitch, this magazine that we sent them and sent it to them with some packaging. And we heard back from the women's group and they said, um, it, it was like well-kept was made for us. Mm. And they actually invited me to the headquarters, which is is rare to happen now because of COVID and things like that. But um, they said, fly to New York, like, let's have a meeting, let's talk talk about this. And and I remember having this meeting and it was amazing. I couldn't believe that I was sitting in the headquarters of J. Crew, and going back to my hotel and opening my computer and seeing emails that said, you've received this PO, this PO, this PO. And it was... It, <laughs> It was amazing. Like I distinctly remember the moment in the hotel and it was just like the sparks. So 
that was neat. That like, but I just sent them this magazine. Yes, that gives me chills. But you didn't just send them the magazine. You took the time and the effort to really make it for them to say it. Really feels like Well Kept was made for J Crew. You intentionally designed the catalog very specifically that you sent them to make them feel that way. And then you continue to do that with other retailers, right? Yeah. Did you have an in? Do you come from a retail background? Like, did you have an in at some of these places? No, nothing. I um, grew up in the restaurant business, so I knew people and how to bring people stuff. And um, I knew disasters, which you kind of have to be a problem solver and be responsive. So that's, Wow. But I'm kind of a right brain, left brain person. I mean, I went to school for international business and design. So some of that kind of, you know, worked out. But my college advisor never said, you're probably going to be an, a white entrepreneur when you grow up. No. It's just happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got an English degree and immediately ditched my English degree and have never used it, except for I write really good emails. Like I, my grammar yeah. is excellent. That's the only thing I use my English degree for. <laughs> um, okay, so you you J Crew accepts you, and then mm-hmm. you 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 find out about this this program called the Leg Up program, and this is kind this yeah. is kind of a big deal. This is kind of bigger than a big deal. This is a huge deal. What is the Leg Up program? So there's an entrepreneur. Her name is Sarah Blakely. I don't know if you've heard of her. She's the youngest self made billionaire female billionaire. And, and I she came up with Spanx. With- so just in case nobody knows, oh, if yeah, anybody Spanx. doesn't know, yes, Sarah Blakely came up with Spanx. So she is like one of the most well-known female entrepreneurs out there. And she's hilarious yeah. and lovable and the most incredible human. Yes. 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 She's fabulous. So, um, and their headquarters was, is in Atlanta. So, uh, I had been following her story for years. I'd, I'd heard her at conferences and, I really, what I loved about her is her story was she started with $5,000 and just kind of worked half gut, half hustle. And she just made it happen. She, it's not like she had all these investors and she had an idea, she brought it to market and then it grew. So she has this program, had the program called the leg up program. And the theory was Oprah gave Sarah her leg up, which exploded her business. So she wanted to give back and promote entrepreneurs and give them a leg up. So every quarter or so she would select a certain entrepreneur and feature them. You would meet with the team. They would showcase you in their catalog and yada, yada. It was awesome. So I heard about it and I decided to apply and I sent them a box that I thought felt like them at the time. And they, their team said, thank you for the submission. We really like the product, but we would like you to reapply for holiday. So I was kind of disappointed because I thought, of course, I mean, J. Crew said, yes, there's going to be next kind of, you know, thing. But um, I listened to their words and we waited. And what I didn't know was how valuable holiday season was, because again, I have no retail experience and I'm the... Black Friday is basically the Super Bowl of retail, which that's why Dana so strategically said you need to launch on this day. I mean, in hindsight, I can't, I mean, I feel like God's favor has really been on me, but it's, these are important seasons. So Sarah's team says, 
reapply. So I sent them a box and it was a note from Santa. And there was a stocking that said Sarah on it and then one for the Spanx team. And it was it was a note from Santa saying how naughty they were for not keeping their their phones clean. And here's some well kept, you know, stay polished, Santa. That's our tagline. <laughs> so we got this email back, you know, and I actually have it framed in my office and they selected us for the must have stocking stuffer oh my in the gosh. leg up program. So that was amazing. I got to have lunch with Sarah and uh, do some really neat things, get some mentorship from them as well. Oh, what an incredible honor. Like that is truly insane. That's amazing. How long from your first submission when they said reapply later, what was the, the time in between? It was about maybe six months. Okay. Which could feel like an eternity to be honest. Yeah. And, and I mean, we've had uh, accounts that took three years to land and mm-hmm. things that I've been working on that it could take five and, you know, so sometimes it happens quickly, mm-hmm. but wow, it, it was one of those lessons that no, doesn't always, it's just no right now. Uh, so it can be a yes later. Absolutely. And I think that's such a good lesson because I know for myself and so many women that I coach and that I, I talk to, it's really hard to come back when you hear no from somebody. It's mm-hmm. really hard to yeah. put yourself back out there because there's a feeling, even if it has nothing to do with you, there's like a feeling of rejection when you get yep. a no. And it's just really, really hard to force yourself to go back and put yourself back out there. So that's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, and I'll, I remember hearing this podcast that Sarah was on and she said that her her father at night would have them all sit around the table and say, how did you fail today? Mm. So everyone would go around and talk about how they failed because that's how you learn. Right. So, I mean, what a, what a privilege it was for me to fail the first time there. And, um, so yeah, it's a great lesson. Wow. So did you really see your sales kind of skyrocket from that? Um, I will say what it did. I mean, we did uh, generate some revenue. We we were doubling every year. Um, but what it did is it gave us credibility yep. because we were still this new brand, and it helped us. It helped us launch into airport stores mm-hmm. and into some other bigger retailers. So it was just having the stamp of approval, and then press. We started getting features from Women's Health and. Marie Claire and Vogue and, you know, a lot of them. And it was just that they could use this, this information to legitimize this, you know, business that were these wipes. Yes. This was before wipes were cool too, by the way. Yeah. Cause now 2020, I mean, that really helped us. Big uh, time. Yeah. COVID, COVID certainly helped your cause for sure. Yeah. It was a terrible time and it definitely brought wipes and everything else to the forefront of everybody's mind. My husband would go and legit like stock up, like buy all of the wet ones in bulk and the Clorox and everything else. Okay. So you start to kind of experience the success and this growth and and you're getting recognized by publications and all these things. So you're growing. And at some point you, and I love, I love this about you because this is just your heart. You really decided that you wanted to have a program that gave back. And I love the heart of your giving back program so much. So talk to me about 
how that happened and what does your giving back program look like and who does it benefit? So I have had the privilege to go to Kenya several times um, on mission trips. And in 2013, I think was our first one. And part of the mission there was teaching business to women in these communities. Um, the communities that we, we visited, one was called Karagodo. And the nonprofit that actually brought us to this area had, had brought these women a skill and they taught them how to knit. And these women were knitting and their intent was to sell these products. They would make sweaters and hats and things like that for the, the children at schools. And what I was noticing is they had this product, but they didn't really have this like business plan or business sense. So of course you go on these trips and you sit on the plane ride on the way home and you think, how can I change the world and how can I make this better? And I got home and just thought, man, these ladies, I really want to help them, but they need some business startup education. So I went to the nonprofit that was their partner and said, I've got this idea. What if we um, create a wipe over at Wellcapped and we name it after the community and 10% of the proceeds go to fund the business startup program in Karagoda? And we had actually taught the ladies there. They had all these knitting techniques, and um, but we taught them the chevron pattern. Yeah. You know the oh gosh, so yeah. We taught them how to chevron. So we we're very you know on trend. The fabric team teaches the women in Karagoda how to chevron, and so our first give back pattern. It was a chevron pattern, and it was named the Karagoda. And we funded over 150 women in the program for business startup education. So that was the first. Um, moment when I think the dots connected for me in our business. You know, I've got this business and I kind of want my passion and my purpose and my profit, all of that to cross. And you you always, I mean, I, I always want to impact in certain areas and I realize I can't do everything, but this was a very specific way that we could help. And I knew the people involved and I could see the reports from the communities and, um, so yeah, so that was our first one. Mm. And then we started giving back to um, a, a couple, uh, maybe a year later, our director of operations, her husband was deployed in Afghanistan and she was a military wife. And uh, there was all these needs that kept popping up for her. And I asked her, I said, well, what if, what if we gave back to some military families, their, their spouses are deployed. And she told me about these FRGs, these family readiness groups. So Anyways, we named that pack after her husband. It's called the Frank. It's a camo pattern. And then I had my my baby, my first little girl. And I've always had a passion for um, fighting against sex trafficking and coming from Atlanta. There's such high statistics in the Atlanta airport is has one of the highest rates of sex trafficking because it's such a fast moving airport. So anyways, I remember feeling so <laughs> defeated as a as a young mom and I could barely take a shower. I could, I mean, I remember having a dreadlock in my hair because <laughs> I did not brush my hair and, and I kind of like, you know, to, I like hygiene <laughs> right. when I had a new baby, but I, I felt like a loser because I wanted to change the world, but I could barely change my clothes. Mm. Right. So I thought I've got this little girl and what if we um, create a pattern that gives back to help organizations that are fighting against sex trafficking. So we partnered with the End It Movement. And if you've seen their campaign in February, people across social media put a red X on their hand that 
um, I got to go meet with their team and really know where the money's going. So it's kind of evolved over time. And um, we have partnerships right now with To Write Love on Our Arms, and they fight against um, mental health and addiction. And um, we've got a new collection that's actually going to be a partnership with Free Fabric, the fabric um, nonprofit, and it's to build boutiques and safe houses around the world for girls that have been rescued from sex trafficking. So it's it's not all of our collection. It's usually we have one or two in the rotation. Right now we've got about 20 styles and you know one or two, maybe three give back, but I always like to keep it. And it's always fresh. It's something that matters to me at the time. And uh, it's, a, it's a nonprofit that I've really gotten to know. So we know where the dollars are going. Golly, I love that so much. Wow. I was getting choked up, like hearing you talk, uh, talk about all of those different organizations and just sort of the overwhelm of motherhood and trying to build a business and juggle all of the things, you know, with in early motherhood. And I definitely remember those days. So as you look back at your journey here, that is still very much in motion and you're you're still on the journey. But if you look at the journey so far, what would you say was a pivotal moment for you? Did you ever have a moment where failure was staring you in the face and you thought, well, I think this might be it. I think it, I think, I think I might need to throw in the towel here. Have you ever had that moment in your business? Um, yeah, I think that I remember getting an email from Sephora saying they wanted us in all their stores and flying to their headquarters. And it was a beautiful meeting and we had a great partnership. And, um, and then the placement that we had in the store, it was like New York real estate. And there were products there that were a higher skew. Our, our wipes are $6, mascara is 18 very competitive space. And there, there was a little bit of a disconnect between cell phone wipes and in the beauty space, although I started it because of my FACNI. Um, you know, it can just be seasonal in stores too, right? So it, it was, it felt like such um, a moment of success when we got into the store, but then we did not stay. And then you, you get into these large stores and then you get these letters back that say, okay, we're going to be returning hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of product and you're a small business. And um, then you have to figure out, oh, can we, can we talk about this a little longer? You know, how can, and thankfully we were able to work through it and it, it wasn't, it wasn't that it was bombing in the stores. It was just there. I mean, they go through buyer change. Buyers come in and out in new roles. And so anyways, that was um, felt like a defeat, I think, uh, because it was something that I was so excited about. But in hindsight, in where we are now, it's okay. I mean, I'd love to be back. I think maybe one day we could be back. But uh, there, there have been moments where I've just wanted to pack it up and sell the business or I felt like being a mom and all the other responsibilities I have in my life, uh, it, it just felt like too much. Mm-hmm. And sometimes your passion is easy to put to the side when you've got so many urgent things in front of you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've gone through that. But then it, it's, I think entrepreneurship, it, it's this roller coaster. Mm-hmm. It's like your first love. It's, you know, the high highs and the low lows. And 
um, for me, it was my first baby really. And uh, so I've just kept going and it's been worth it. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. So how do you kind of keep it going now? Is it, is it just a machine and it's kind of rolling? Do you still find yourself because you're still juggling a whole lot right now? And I know you're trying to offload some of the things on your plate, but how, what do you do? What's your, what's your, what is your method of doing it all? Or is it a daily struggle and you never feel like you get it all done? I'm curious. I'm actually curious because I want to, I know how I feel and I want to hear your response on this. Oh, I mean, I don't think you can ever feel like you have it all done. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I try to block time and I try to have my top three that I want to accomplish. And I have to think high level with well kept right now because our, our team is lean and, um, but I'm thinking about expansion and who are these next hires and, you know, where do I need certain people? But uh, my background, it, it's disaster recovery, but it's really sales and developing accounts. So my real focus with Wellkept has been to continue to develop these accounts, large accounts with major retailers, also with mom and pops and just stores. So we attend uh, markets, gift markets, and um, I, we were just in Atlanta. And, and that's those can be amazing for the business because I'll meet buyers there that have 300 locations, 600 locations. And and then I'll meet a really sweet woman that owns a boutique that she's owned for 50 years. Mm. And she loves Wellkept. And um, we'll meet hospital gift shops. And, you know, there's a variety of folks. But that's how we keep things going. Mm. We do everything in-house. And that, yeah. that way we know who we're selling to. And we know who our partners are. Yeah. And there's just so much heart to it. You know, I mean, it's not, it's not a coincidence that my, our dear friend Dana Spinola is like, you know, it's just, there's so many similarities there with, uh, with just, you're doing business with, with heart and with purpose and with passion. And I love it so much. I can't help but, but see the positive impact that your disaster recovery background has had, not just on giving you this idea, but also from a business perspective, learning that things take time. Disaster mm-hmm. recovery is not fast. It's impossible. You know, you're waiting on crews, you're waiting on machinery, you're waiting on all these things. And then for you also to be kind of in the sales and relationship development arena in disaster recovery kind of gives it another layer of things take time. It just doesn't always happen overnight. And so I think that you have such a a calmness about you and and such a long-term view of what you want to accomplish. And I think that's so powerful because in society today, we're just so used to immediate instant gratification. And I want results now. I want results now. And that is just not a reality when you're starting a new business. That's It's really not. Would you agree? Um, yes. Although uh, I think some well-kept story has been, we have grown over time. It has been organic. It has been something we've tended to. Um, uh, I think though, that sometimes we want things to be quicker. They're Mm -hmm. not as quick as, as they want, but manufacturing takes time. I mean, I remember right before or during COVID where we make these screen wipes. And then my stores were saying, hey, we need hand wipes right now. 
and just finding those relationships to be able to create hand wipes. And like, sometimes it has to be fast, right? Mm. And you just have to realize like, what are the things worth rushing and what are the things that you can't force? Wow. So I think that that is something that I'm learning along the way. Um, you know, so everyone wants things fast. Mm. You just have to prioritize what you can do right? because we are humans working this business. We're not, it's not full automation, right? I mean, this is not, we are not an algorithm. We are people telling the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What have you learned the most from your successes? So we kind of talked about failures, what you've learned there, but what have you learned the most from your successes? From my successes, I guess, um, it's never a silver bullet. Mm-hmm. I used to think, oh, when this happens, then that can happen, right? And I think the successes, I mean, they give you the credibility and maybe the faith in yourself, in the the reminder of the faith that, that God has been faithful in your life. Um, but it's not that there's this one moment that of success. I mean, success, I think, changes over time. And um, I think also my definition of of success now is more um, happiness in my life and with my family and then saying that we're a $10 million company. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, um, but the, I, the success is just, I mean, they remind you that it's worth it, but then the failures, that's what makes you smart. And that's what makes you grow. I remember having moments when a designer just flailed on me and we were working on a custom packaging with a, a pretty significant retailer. And you know what that made me do? Find some really killer ones. And I, I had an arsenal of people that could help me. So sometimes the failures are what make you stronger than the successes. So. Always. Always. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. So hard though. But oh. you know, they're so uncomfortable. You want to so get out uncomfortable. quick. Yes. I want to run away from failure like so fast. I, I, I'm not yeah. interested in sitting in that space for sure. But every time I fail, I have learned to look at it so differently now. And I'm not afraid of it anymore. Do I want it? Do I want to give failure a big old hug? Like, no, but I'm not afraid of it anymore because I learn so much every single time I do something wrong or I fail, you know, and, and yeah, oh man, I know what not to do next time. So I'm always grateful for him. Even if I, if, even if I don't like the failures, you know, I'm grateful for them for sure. I saw this quote the other day that said, um, you don't, you don't win or lose, you win or learn. Mm, Yes. Right. Good. So, so good. Wow. So what is next for you? First of all, list off where, where you are currently retail, like what are the retailers at people? Where are you located right now? I feel like I see well-kept wipes literally everywhere I go, but list it out for us. Um, well, we have a lot of different retailers. Some of them are selling different patterns than others, but we're in anthropology stores. We're in the container store. We're in the paper source. We're in a ton of mom and pop shops around the country. Um, we're going to be launching in Barnes and Noble mm-hmm. in the summer. Wow. That's, That's huge. Exciting. They have That's 600 stores and those are the big ones. Nordstrom, we were there for holidays. Some of, some of our retailers are seasonal. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then when I go into little boutiques, like there's a boutique in Austin right near my twin sister's house that I love. And I go in there and 
I'm always so excited when I see well-kept wipes because in like a boutique, especially because I'm like, this is my friend, my friend, this is my friend's company. I know her. And they're always like, wow, that's so cool. And I feel, I feel so impressive when I'm able to say that. So I see them in all sorts of little boutiques as well. Yes. We, and that really, I mean, starting with fabric, one of our, my original vision was I wanted this to sit in the fashion and beauty space, mm. not necessarily in the tech and office space. However, I mean, we are also in some tech stores and office supply stores too. So yeah, no, um, I mean, there's, but I, I wanted it for... to be beautiful. So yeah. I thought fashion was where it needed to start. So, but it's a, because it's such a great gift for anybody, mm-hmm. um, good for personal, but, and that's what I didn't really plan on when I started I thought it was oh just for me and my friends but I didn't I didn't think about oh this is for my friend that's buying 12 teacher gifts Mm. or stocking stuffers for her whole family or the bride that's about to get married and wants a really cool favor for everybody Mm -hmm. and that's where it just exploded because people were buying in bulk and but yeah this is a gift I thought it was just to get rid of my facne so that is such a good idea like things like Things like that were not available when I got married. I don't feel like it hasn't even been forever, but I just feel like there's been this hyper like growth of cool things that were not just didn't even exist, you know, when I had a wedding shower or a baby shower. So that is such a good idea. Such a good idea for your wedding party, for your stockings, for your teachers. There's just no, honestly, there's no end to the people that you can gift it to. And it's so freaking cute. I gave it to all of our kids' teachers, like every, you know, multiple teachers gave it to everybody for Christmas. And it, in their, you know, not like just that, but it was like in addition to other stuff. And it was so, it's such a perfect gift. I love it. Yeah. It's been great. We've also had a lot of success in the boxing world. There's kind of been this trend in box companies for gifting and corporate gifting. So that was another thing. Okay. When you said boxing, I was like thinking of like boxing in a ring, like a fighter boxing. And I was like, how does this work? Got it. Like a a fat fit fun type box. Got it. Yeah. Like Box Fox is one of our big ones. They're out of San Francisco, LA, and they do these beautiful curated boxes with a different colorway. And our packaging is just small and compact and yeah. light for shipping. So we really pair well with, with that space. Brilliant. So what is mm-hmm. next for you? What is your, what's your next adventure with Well-Kept, with your life? What is next on the horizon? Well, with Well-Kept, we're actually getting ready to launch in April four new styles, and I'm really proud of this collection. It's called Play Big, and I heard this podcast, and um, the the girl that was hosting it was just talking about how we we think small sometimes, right? And we're we're not willing to take risks. And I thought, yes, like we we don't grow unless we take take these risks. So we need to think big. We need to play big. So uh, we've got this collection called Play Big, and one is a partnership with a global artist. It's this girl named Jessie out of France, and she's brilliant, and she's doing some really fun partnerships with um, Pottery Barn and Clinique, and just she's killing it. So I'm really honored that she wants to pair with us, and I met her in Atlanta, and she's fabulous, and um, we've got the global artist, the global giving, which is free fabric, so we're going to be funding these boutiques and these safe houses around the world. And then we've got some fun ones. We've got a smiley face and pickleball, really, because, I mean, that's 
the new tennis, right? And pickleball is amazing. Yeah, I know. So my dad basically made me do this because he's retired and that's what he does, but it's really like the trend. So one of my, my goals for this year is to be a pickleballer and I've got a paddle and all that. So I literally can't even tell you how excited I am about the pickleball collection because I have so many friends that play pickleball (laughs) and I'm going to buy this for every single one of them. Like you don't even understand. This is so exciting. How fun is that? Pickleballer, by the way. So it's kind of fun. But yeah, we're going to play big. We're going to think big. We're going to give big. We're going to play big. Because sometimes I don't play like I want to, mm-hmm. right? Because I get so busy. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like this year, um, our theme in Wellkept is is pause, recharge, play. Mm-hmm. So I'm such a fan of like stopping and thinking and practicing silence and just, you know, getting your mind together and then recharge, whatever that is for you. Mm-hmm. Um and then you go, you play, you, it, you can't just go pause, recharge work mm-hmm. <laughs> all the time. Right. So, but I, I love, and I actually think about you in, in this regard all the time, because you told me about your solo retreats that you take once a year and, yes. um, how you really, and it took, it took me a minute to wrap my brain around that because I stay so busy all the time. It's really hard for me to pause and be quiet but ever since you told me about that, I've really been so much more intentional about being silent and listening and pausing because there are seasons of life that I literally feel like I can't catch my breath. I know you feel the exact yep. same way. And so I just came out of that season of life. And so the last few weeks, I've really been taking time to just be quiet, pause, everything is not in a huge rush. I don't need, Rome was not built in a day. I don't need to discover everything about my future and my path in the next 24 hours. Like it's okay to just pause. And I was actually uh, watching a, a, I'm doing a course right now, Jamie Winship, our our friend Jamie, you know, and uh, Mm -hmm. he was talking about how there's this whole mentality and mindset and it's a scarcity mindset, not so much about money, but it's a scarcity mindset about time. And I had mm-hmm. never heard this put this way. And it really blew my mind. I was telling my husband about it after I watched it because he said, we're always in this rush. Like you only have a certain amount of time. You've only got a certain amount of time. Like you got to make, you know, you're only going to live for so long. And you, your life is only the certain amount of time and you got to get this done. And if you're going to make an impact in life, you got to get this, you know, hurry, hurry, hurry. Don't you got to compact your time. You've got to have good time management. You've got, it's all about, and he said, time becomes kind of this God in our life that we, that we elevate and everything is just about time. And I was punched in the gut by that because I think that I am maybe the worst offender of that. Honestly, like I am Mm -hmm. all about, you know, am I going to, am I going to leave a legacy for my children? Am I going to, am I going to make an impact in this world for good? And I only have a certain amount of time to do that. And so I kind of feel this rush, but when I slow down and pause, I love that so much. When I do pause, I'm reminded. And that's actually when the good stuff happens. I heard Simon Sinek say it in a video this morning. Why do we get good ideas? Like in the shower, or driving in the car, 
when it's quiet in the car or when you're, when you're making dinner and whatever, it's like when you're unplugged and you're not turned on and tuned in, in your mind on full charge, that's when the good ideas come. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, yes, all of that. Mm -hmm. And I think you and I have similar personalities and, um, a couple of years ago, I don't even know when it was, but I heard somebody say a productivity tip is if you can do it in two minutes, you should just stop. You should just do it then. Mm -hmm. Right. So I've lived my life in this constant state of, oh, I can do it in two minutes. Mm -hmm. Like, so I'm always doing go, 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 go living. Like I can get this done. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I did a study last uh, year and it talked about the value of pausing mm -hmm. and they were encouraging us just to pause for two minutes, like in the morning, two minutes of silence. And I, and then, and try it throughout your day. And I thought, there's no way I can do this all day long. Like there's, I mean, and it's not all day, but it's like designated times, morning, afternoon. And then I thought I've got, I've been living my life in the two minute sector of get it done, get it, get done, get it done. Mm -hmm. But, but I can't find two minutes to stop to recharge. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's just this huge mental shift to me of like, the value of the two minutes and it can be life-taking or life-giving. Mm. So. Dang it, Neely. That's so good. Isn't that Gosh, good? that yeah. is really good. That is really good. Two minutes. It can be life-giving or life-taking. Wow. Um, well, this has been such a joy. You, you refilled my cup. You recharged me by spending time <laughs> with you today. I love you so much. And I am so excited for you and just for your success. And because I, because I know your heart and I, I just love watching you shine and grow. And I just want nothing but the very best for you because you are making such a positive impact in this world, not just cleaning up phones and screens, but like an even bigger impact. And I just love it. Where can people find you? Where can they find well-kept whites? Where can they find you? Where can they find out more about your, your business and your giving back, uh, organizations and all that? Yes. Well, you can visit our website. It's stay well-kept and we're on Instagram. Stay well-kept there. I mean, we're there there's live people, like real people working behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. So you can message us or if you have questions or ideas and want to talk to somebody that's brought something to market or manufactured it, I'm happy to talk to anybody. So, wow. You have such an amazing heart and I appreciate you so, so much. So thanks for sharing your story with us today. This was so fun. It was so fun to get to visit with you. Thank you, Rachel. Okay. I'll talk to you soon. If this episode resonated with you today, please share it with at least two people you think would love it too. Keep up with the show at The Rachel Roth Show on Instagram and TikTok and keep up with me at Rachel underscore R underscore Roth on Instagram and TikTok. Don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I know it sounds silly, but it really does make a huge difference and it allows this content to get in front of more people. I can't wait to see you again.